Good morning. Um, yesterday, after the Tumin HaMariv mentioned the Alter Rebbe about eating meat um, during a bris, during the meal of a bris in the nine days. And then, uh, so I decided to review it, and it's, 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 it has interesting, uh, it's interesting discussion about the meat, and then at the end there's an interesting lesson from the Alter Rebbe about our general attitude toward minhagim, and a very important lesson in the difference between something which is halacha and something which is minhag. So, let's start from the beginning. There's Gemara in Gitin, Daf Hamid Ches, Amid Beis. Um, no, no, those, those were those papers I found inside here. Yeah. So the Gemara says like this. The Gemara is talking about not eating on Arab Shabbos, not eating a heavy meal on Arab Shabbos. And it says um, here. There were two families in Jerusalem. One of whom scheduled its meal on the Shabbos day at the time of the drasha. And as the Rambam explains, that the, the, the custom was that on Shabbos afternoon, everybody came back to the Bish Madrash, and the entire community was engaged in Torah study on Shabbos afternoon. So this family was sort of blatantly disregarding the communal Torah study. And one of whom scheduled its meal on the Shabbos Eve. Both of these families were uprooted. So they were doing something wrong, and therefore they were uprooted. Now, what does it mean that they scheduled its meal on the Shabbos Eve? So, there's two Purushim and Rishonim. Rashi brings two Purushim. One is that they had their big meal on Friday night. And really, the, you're supposed to, the, 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 having a big meal on Shabbos day is more important than Shabbos night. And so, that was, a, that was a problem. But the second shot that Rashi brings is that they would have a big meal on Friday. And because, not just on Friday, every day, every day of the week, they were a very wealthy family, they were able to afford steaks every day of the week. But the problem was that because they, they did it on Friday too, so um, when it came Friday night and it was time to have a Shabbos meal, they weren't hungry because they had already filled themselves with steaks on Friday afternoon. So this Gemara serves as the basis for the whole discussion in Halacha as to um, how much and under what circumstances we're, um, one is allowed to have a meal on Friday and specifically on Friday afternoon. Um, and um, yeah, so basically there's a, um, there's a regular Suda, a regular meal which is allowed on Friday up until the 10th hour. Um, and then you have a Suda Gedoyla, a big feast, which you shouldn't have at any time on Friday. You should never have a feast on Friday. And then we have a qualification. What are we going to do if it's a Sudas Mitzvah? So here we have a Shalom. Shalom, Shalom HaKadosh is known as the Shalom HaKadosh. Very important um, say for many, many widespread minhagim are found uh, have their source in the Shalah um, just comes to actually, specifically we're going to see the story of the Shalah quoting his Rebbe his Rebbe is Reb Shloim of Lublin and Reb Shloim of Lublin is quoted by the Shalah many times and I think one of the most famous minhagim whose source is in a quote from the Shalah in the name of his Rebbe, Reb Shloim of Lublin is the minhag not to make Kiddush early on the night of Shavuos 
that even if you, those who bring in Shabbos and Yom Tov early throughout the summer, on Shavuos they don't. The source for that minhag is from the Shalom, quoting his Rabbi Rabbi Shlomo of Lubri. So here he quotes, he says like this, he, brings, he quotes this Gemara <coughs> that we just learned from the Gemara in Gitin. And then he says, When I was learning Torah in the community of Krakow, um, it, occurred that, it, it occurred that my rabbi, Reb Shleim of Lubdin, was a sandik at a bris on Friday. And he did not attend the meal after the bris. Right, which was a chiddush, even though you would expect maybe not everybody stays for the meal, but the sandik would stay for the meal after the bris, and he didn't want to attend the meal because it was Friday. So why did he not attend the meal? He said, "I'm going to make you a kal v'chaymer." Right? The halacha is, um, and I'll quote you here from the way it's brought in Shulchan Aruch. That if you have a bris during um, the nine days, and in the nine days you're not allowed to eat meat, but for a bris you are allowed to eat meat. For Siddha's Mitzvah. So the Ramah says here in Simitav Kofdun Aleph, Siddha's Mitzvah, uh, talking here about the nine days, Kagoin Mila, for example, a bris, or Pidin Haben, Vesir Masechta, Siddha's Erosin, we spoke about this Ramah yesterday. Then you can eat meat and drink wine during the nine days. Those who are shayach, those who are related to the meal. We'll see soon exactly what that means. You should be minimal amount. And the Mepharshim explain what that means is that only a minion should eat meat. Says of Lublin, clearly there was a minion here of people um, we'll see later even more than a minion, but there were plenty of people who were eating as part of this meal on Friday. So Shabbatim says, Madoch, how do you say Madoch in English? Madoch in, in the nine days, where it's only a min, it's only a minha, it's like a kalvachayma. We say something that's <coughs> the, 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 the proper term for this a, a fortiori argument. Yeah, uh. <laughs> Rabbi likes that word. Um, it goes like, the logic goes like this. In the nine days, um, it's a minhag not to eat meat. It's not a strict halacha not to eat meat. It's a minhag. Now, again, we've discussed many times. Minhag doesn't mean that it's not so important. There are some in Hagen which, you know, my minhag is to wear a gartel, your minhag is to not wear a gartel. Wearing a gartel doesn't become, it's not the same status of a minhag as other things which are binding. For example, the minhag of Ashkenazim not to eat kidneys, it's a minhag. It's 100% binding, binding and, 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 and all Ashkenazim are forbidden to eat kidneys. Now, there's still halachic ramification for the fact that it's minhag and not halacha, as we'll see later. But the status is minhag and it's binding. So he says, look, eating meat in the ni- uh, uh, abstaining from meat in the nine days is a minhag. And yet we say that, only a, that when you have a bris and, and eating meat is permissible, only a minion should eat the meat. So, having a feast on Friday, which is more than a minhag, it's a halacha, the Gemara brings a halacha not to have a feast on Friday, certainly, only a minion should eat. So now I come in, and I see there's already a minion partaking in the meal, one second. 
So, so, so therefore, says the Sandik, I'm not going to eat. Yes. Why is a minion required to eat the meat? I mean, the, the, the minion is required for, for davening, for other, you know, for brachos or whatever. It's been eating the meat. Why does the meat specifically need a minion? Why can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, good point. Why even, why even characterize it as a minion? It's not a religious... Uh, uh, religious. Is it, it's very good point. You wanted to say something? So how do we know? Where, I, I just missed it. After brachas. Where do we know that that, that uh, no more than ten for uh, Sudas mitzvah? Where does where does the get that from? He's making kavuchaymer from the nine days. No, I'm during the nine days. So nine days is probably Sudas mitzvah should only be ten. A meat, meat in the in the in the, in the nine days there's no issue with the Sudas mitzvah. In the nine days there's an issue with eating meat. And yet we say that if you eat meat, by when you are allowed to eat meat, only a minion should do it. Only a minion. So, so, so I mean that's not what that's not what people do, right? I'm not sure what people. What do you mean? What is that? What I mean, if you go to Sudas Mitzvah during the nine days, we don't make sure that okay, we got ten. That's it. Everyone else don't eat. Okay, so we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to I that. Just I never. Yeah. Okay. Fine. We'll get to that. Now, in response to Michael's question, so that's a good point. I think that you're right. You're 100 percent right. It's not a dovasha bikdusha. In, in other words, there's certain things that you're not allowed to do without a without a minion. You can't say kaddish. You can't say barucho. Right? This is not a dovasha bikdusha that you require a minion. But the idea is that it's a mitzvah to celebrate. Huh? You need an ada. No, you should. You, you should have an ada. Oh, just like for bris itself. Okay, well, for, for put, set aside the meal for a second for the bris itself. Now, technically, and this happened during COVID, you don't need a minion for a bris, you just need a moyo. You don't need anybody else. But we always like to do a mitzvah with, um, with Prasumi Nissa, with a Roivam, with a, with, 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 to celebrate it in a, with, with, with a, you know, with the fanfare. With the fanfare, there you go. <laughs> so the halachic, obviously, you have 100 people, it's even better. But the halachic ramification of what's considered pirsum, what's considered having it a public celebration, is a minion. We actually find that with Sheva Brachas. With Sheva Brachas is this interesting thing, because on the one hand, Sheva Brachas is not, it's not like Kadesh or Kedusha, it's just a bracha. But you're not allowed to say Sheva Brachas without a minion. Right now, here it's different. You are allowed <coughs> to have a Sudas Bris without a minion. But Having a minion, once you've had 10 people partake in the meat, you've sort of fulfilled this idea of making this a s- public celebration. And Mamela, there's no need to, well, we, how we, we try to refrain from meat in the nine days, Mamela, we don't, we, we, try, we try not to. You'll see soon that the, 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 the minion part of it is not so hardcore. Even it, it gets a bit, it gets, we're going to have a broader definition to minion. But for now, that's, that's the argument he's making. Um, okay, so that's what the Sandik says. The Sandik is again the teacher of the Shalor of Shloim of Lublin. So I, the Shalor, says to my teacher, Mazarayo, you're comparing chocolate, apples and oranges. Buy a bris in the nine days. So we're going to limit it. Only a minion should eat meat because you don't need to eat meat. You could have, you could serve bagels and lox and have a hundred people eat. You want to have meat, so you limit it to a minion. But 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 you have a way out if you want to include more people in the celebration, so they could be included without eating meat. But an erev Shabbos, there's no other way. It's not an erev Shabbos. It's not about whether it's meat or not meat. It's about whether it's a big meal or not. The You're not allowed to have a big feast on Shabbos, an erev Shabbos. So b'meila. 
The fact that when in the nine days we put a limit that only a minion should eat the meat has no doesn't tell you that you should also put the similar limit on having and partaking in the feast on Friday. Because in the nine days we have another way to include everybody by serving something that's not meat. On Arab Shabbos we don't have another way. It's, it is a bit by definition a Sudas Bris is a feast. Yes? A question about the feast. Is it that you cannot put out a feast or sponsor a feast or if food is out you, you can't eat anything or you can't eat so much that it impairs your hunger for the Shabbos meal? I don't want to get into all the details of that, but the the, the point is you shouldn't um, you shouldn't eat you shouldn't eat something that will compromise your appetite for Friday night. So don't partake in a big feast. Exactly how much is a little bit beyond the scope for right now. So so you could go and you could I, yeah no I can't control myself but no you, you can know, eat something if, no of if course you can eat. Out, if you if you yeah. find yourself yeah you're, you can you can partake to that extent yes okay. yes the response to the slow is basically like this. If you don't, and then what you're doing is not participating at all in the Suda, right? Um, and so the, you making this decision is actually completely uh, compromising the, the, um, what is needed for the Suda. Right. In the case, and in, the, in this case, in the case of the right, you're the case of you're, the you're okay. There's going to be ten you're people. Not, you're not showing up at all. Right. And the other one, you could still show up, be a participant in the bris milah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just don't have to eat meat. You could eat something else. Right. There's a huge difference there. Exactly. Now, what's the shalah's argument based on? The shalah argument is based on the on the premise that you could have that for, to fulfill the mitzvah of a suda for a bris. You don't have to have meat. You could have milk. You could have cheese. The, 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 the Shalos teacher said, no, you can't, uh, Sudas Bris must be Fleshik. Mm-hmm. So if Sudas Bris must be Fleshik, then a Sudas Bris on Friday, and, and uh, sorry, a Sudas Bris on the nine days and a Sudas Bris on Friday are the same. And therefore, just like on the nine days we limit it to a minion, on Friday we're also going to limit it to a minion. Mm-hmm. Now, is that typical? People have Fleshiks in the Sudas Bris? So, my, so my grandson, two, two months ago, my, my son in law, who's yeah. a meat guy, yeah. made this huge, or catered this huge meat thing at nine, 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I love I, those. Who wants to eat brisket, brisket and uh, chicken right, at 8 so o'clock in the morning? This guy. And it was, you know, uh, so it was an animal. Your, your son in law is very from. the Nefesh Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> your son in law is very from. And um, and that's the way. That's the correct way to do it. The correct way to do it is to have meat. That's, that's at the first time I ever bris. do a bris at eight, that early in the morning with in, the meat. In America, you what know, we're we're we're. Uh, how do you describe Americans, sorry We just do whatever feels good. We're not into being so from. So, so in America, you're right, and, and it's not so common. For nothings. Yeah, <laughs> couch potatoes. Yep. In, in America, it's not so common because, like you say, who wants to eat brisket at eight o'clock in the morning? Um, now maybe you should say that's the mitzvah. The ma'isa, you're right. It's not so common in Israel. It's more common because in Israel it's also, which is another whole discussion. In Israel, Sorry. it's more common to make the bris in the afternoon oh. because everybody because everybody um, takes a lunch break from work. You know, a long lunch All break. Right. So they usually, you know, bris in Israel will be at one thirty or two. Um, even in the United States, sometimes you have people in the summer where you can do so. You'll have people making a bris dafka in the evening in order to accommodate for more people to come. Not too late. Yeah, in the can't winter you can't do it. In the summer, you can't. You, this time of the year, you can bris make a bris. Bris has to be during the has to be during the day. This time of the year, you can make a bris at 6 p.m. You yeah. can't do that in, in, in December. Right, of course. Um, 
Actually, uh, on a personal note, when I made the, the, my last bris was six years ago, so I was talking in the morning, and I served parav. I served like salmon and 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 uh, you know parav cream cheese and all that stuff. And I also had meat, and I asked ten people to eat. I asked, you know, can we get ten volunteers to eat meat? Mm. Um, so you know, myself, whatever family, we all had um, had some meat. These are sacrificial type of people. They, um, they became fleshic. <coughs> The, it's people who don't suffer from carnophobia. that people have to do. People who don't yeah. suffer from <laughs> carnophobia. <laughs> what if you yeah. You might have been one of the I am pure flashix, F-O-F. I don't have that phobia. <laughs> That's because you could handle black coffee. I, yeah, and I don't like envision an ice cream cake just falling from Shemayim. <laughs> so I just go, okay, I'll eat meat, which I love. And I'll risk, you know, not being able to have an ice cream cake later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Never understood it. <laughs> now, if you open up Shulchan Aruch, my day around coffee and ice cream and chocolate. <laughs> What's the slaw? What's that stand for? The slaw? No, you said shalah. Shalah is shalah. it stands for Shnei Luchay Sabris. That's the name of his sefer. Shnei Luchay Oh, it's his sefer. It's not his an acronym for his name. His name was Rabbi Yeshaya Halevi Horovitz. Okay, that's why all the Horovitzes and the Gerevitches are Levis because they. Descent from the Shalat. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Now, if you open up a Shulchan Aruch Hilchashabbos, so where it says, it, it brings the it brings the halacha that you're not supposed to have a feast on Arab Shabbos, but then it says, that it, that it, it's time is to do an Arab Shabbos, such as a bris. The bris is today. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so then. Mutter, it's permissible to have a feast. says This is the minhag, in fact, that you have a feast on Arab Shabbos for a bris. That's it. Says the Mogan Avram, the Shalok Hosav, the Shalok writes, And the Sandik did not want to participate in the Sudamach, because there was already a minion without him. And the Shalah answered him. You know, the Shalah, in other words, the, the, the Sandik didn't want to go, but the Shalah said to him that you were wrong, that was fine to go. Mm-hmm. So, no, what, what seems strange about this? But he didn't finish the story. Oh, he didn't finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> the story is that the Sandik didn't want to go, the Shalah answered him back, but then what happened? The Sandik re- answered him back. The Sandik says, no, a- you have to have Fleshik by a bris. So therefore, the, right, the Sandik didn't want to go because he drew this comparison between the nine days and, fri- and Friday. The Shalos says, no, you can't compare them because the nine days you could have a bris without meat. In the Shabbos, you can't have a bris without a meal. But then his rabbi said back to him, no, you can't have a bris without meat. So the, um, the Mogan Avram seems to be um, uh, selectively um, uh, quoting only a part of the Shalah and leaving us with the wrong impression of what the Shalah actually says. Confirmation bias. Right? He responded, da-da-da, he, he knocked down the argument. Right. But then he had... Re- <laughs> Seems strange, right? Yeah. All right. Now let's look at al (coughs) 
So he brings down all the halachas about when you're allowed to have a feast on Shabbos, you're not allowed to. And then he says like this, V'toiv, it is desirable, Shaloi lech el besuda zu, elo minyum metzumtzum bulvad, min hashayochim na hasuda, sorry, elo minyum metzumtzum, that only an exact minion should, of ten should partake in this meal. Oh, wow, one second. I think this English has a bad mistake over here. Hold on. No, this is a mistake. This is a bad mistake. Oh, I think he's re- translating this wrong, but maybe this will become clear in a moment. The way I re- read this piece is like this. It is desirable that only a minion should, of ten should partake in this feast. In addition, besides those people who are actually directly related to this meal, like the relatives, and the, and the, you know, the, 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 you know, the people who are, in other words, family relatives, and also people who are part of the Simcha, Sorry, if it's a Friday wedding, then those who are the Shashvinim, those who take to the Chuppah, the Kravim, the Bali Bris, the Haina Mel, the Sandik Besudas. Was a wedding? What? If you have a wedding on Friday, the Shashvinim, let's skip that. It's just going to. It's not. it's, it's, not, it's not really relevant to our discussion. Let's skip that line, right? Again, the way I'm reading this line is what the Altarab is saying is that it is toiv, it is desirable, that when you have a bris on Friday, there should only be a minion partaking in the feast. In addition to, in addition to, the Bali bris, which means the moil, the sandik, and obviously the father, and other relatives. We'll see soon what other relatives mean. So you could have the aviaben, the sandik, the relatives, and another ten people. That's how I'm reading this. Um, this, uh, this 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 action. Now the way they translated it is, I believe, erroneously. Um, uh, in fact, I'm so the sandek, the moil, the father, and blow, they're not they're not going to be part of the minion. Exactly, they're in addition to the minion. Really? Right. So that's why, why you want to minimize the people eating meat. Oh. You should, it should minimize every right, ten. Uh, exactly. People says Michael. Listen, here we're not talking about meat. Here we're talking about a feast on Friday. But same idea. If you, if you're trying to minimize it, so a minion is a minion. Just like when you have a sheva brachas. Just like when you have a Sheva Brachas, you, you need a minion for Sheva Brachas, the Chassan counts as part of the, of the ten, right? Yeah. So here also, you, you want to minimize only a minion, it's only a minion. So, what, so the father, the moil, the sandik, the, the, the nephew and the cousin, okay, and then another five people. Why are you saying another minion except for those things? Now, in the English translation over here, uh, actually write that. The, the way they translated is, I'll read it to you guys straight out of here, it is desirable that only an exact quorum of ten partake of the feast in addition in addition to those who share direct... No, sorry, sorry, one second, I was reading this wrong. No, they, they translated it correctly, they translated it just like I said, sorry. It is desirable that only an exact quorum of ten partake of the feast in addition to those who share a direct connection for the feast, e.g. the close relatives You're and the Milo Yeah. No, they, 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 they translate it just like I explained it and it is correct. Okay. Good question. Hopefully it's going to become clear as we go along. Yes? Is there a, I know when it comes to challah, wine, whatever, there's a minimum amount that you have to eat. Did you ever mention... 
there a minimum amount of meat that you have to eat? I mean, can you just have a little bit? Can you have a little bit of kazais? That's interesting. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would have to be a kazais. You don't have to accept his answer. Mm-hmm. The minute amount of meat, you don't, you don't have to accept his answer. No, he, you don't have to have a kazais. That's for sure. So that's a yeah, there's no limit that way. But I think that I imagine the limit would be a minimum of a kazais, just like, just like on pay on Yom Tif, you have to have wine, you have to have a revias, and in the time of the base of English, you would have to have meat, you would have to have a kazais because in some kalab So if you accept if you accept the opinion that you have to have meat at a sort of a bris, then you would have to have a kazais. Yes. Okay, and is less than kazais considered if you want to have milk afterwards or any any quantity of meat? Even, a, even, even a, a speck, even a even like a speck a, of meat, yeah, you don't a have a grain of sand or less. Look, uh, no, yeah. as long as you're it's something you have to chew, right? Then it, it depends then on the reason. The mice of the vinegar is that you wait. You don't have to chew hours. everything. You can you take take chopped meat, right? Yeah, but there's straight, another opinion. There's it. another opinion that goes by your gullet, right? So then, according to that, it doesn't matter how it you doesn't know matter whether you chew. You know where there's a difference between meat and and and, and, and chopped meat and other meats, perhaps. Um, the halacha is that a woman is not allowed to eat meat on the day that she goes to mikvah. Um, unless it's Shabbos, Yom Tif, etc. Um, there are certain cases where I've seen, like if it's going to be very embarrassing if she doesn't, uh, things like that, where I've seen certain poskums say, chopped meat is okay. If, if, if it's embarrassing, what's embarrassing? You know, if she's going to be part of the family barbecue and she's not going to be able to eat, because then everybody... Why, oh, why are you not eating? Why, was it yeah. Yeah. why, and why can't a woman have meat when she's going to the mikvah? Because it, stuck it got stuck in her teeth. Oh. Okay, but that uh, don't, don't try that at home. Don't ask you know, but <laughs> but uh, there, there is like a nafkamina and halacha whether you pass in like uh, the opinion of Rashi or the opinion of the Rambam. Yeah, the reason yeah, why you're waiting is that's true. But the woman in her mouth when she's going to make if you taste if you taste okay, something no, just a no, little taste from the no. Um, but the, she, her t- the she, it has to it has to be that if she would open her mouth, there would be nothing obstructing the water getting in. That's the halacha. Has to right, even though she's not right, she's not opening up her mouth to let in the water. But nevertheless, it mm. can't. There can't be an obstruction anyway. Mm. I didn't know that. Has to clean her teeth before she goes. When Mashiach comes, yeah. we're all going to have to know these halachas because men will also have to go to make for, for certain things. Yeah. With all the rules. Anyway, a few weeks ago we spoke about the mikvah in Eretz Yisrael. Mm-hmm. Actually, this past Friday, I went, went when I took Mendel to the mikvah. So I showed him. You see, the steps, the big step, and the small step. Right? Because when you toil, you have to stand on a big step. You're not allowed to toil standing on a small step. Well, because <laughs> you won't do it well. You yeah, we're not, we're not, uh, the, you're the, afraid you might not do a good job. You might not have your balance. Anyway. Toggle of dishes? Yeah. No, I'm not talking about toggling dishes. I'm talking about toggling oneself. Oh, oh, that thing you were talking about. The Wait, a few steps year. to get into, to go down into the water? Have you ever noticed in the mikvah, you go down three steps, and then there's usually they design it like this Like a way. platform? There's a platform. Th- yeah. Basically, there's different levels of platforms because there's different heights of people. And the point is that when the person is actually toiling, they should not be standing on a narrow step. They should be standing on a place where there's a big area. So then the fear of falling in or something? Right, exactly. Okay, so let's just recap. We have here so far... Um, so far, we've had really two questions. The main question was that the Mogan seems to be misquoting, basically, the Shalah, right? right? And also, what's this whole idea of a minion plus? <laughs> make up your mind. It's a minion. It's not what's going on over here. So here we have a Kuntus Achron. Kuntus Achron 
are notes that the Alter Rebbe wrote in the bottom of the Shulchan Aruch, which are often very, very long and complicated and, and very complex. This one, hopefully, is not so complex. And what's, in the Kuntus Sechens, you often see the Alter Rebbe, this one, it comes out a little bit less, but you see the Alter Rebbe talking about himself in first person, and he writes, you know, I was debating how to write about this because I have this factor and that factor, and I decided to... It's like you get sort mm. of a... It's not just, you know, Shekhan written anonymously here. It's like the Alter Rebbe sharing himself with us. So that's a, a nice... A uh, the inner mind. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice thing. But anyway, so here, the Alter Rebbe says like this. He says, first of all, okay, he quotes the Shalom. Look at the Shalom. Now... So first of all, then he says like this. And after it's all written shorthand, I'm going to try and uh, sort of elaborate a little bit on what the Alter Rebbe means. Um, first of all, why is the Mogan Avram misquoting the Shalom? So he says, Mogan Avram is for a reason. If you look, this is Tafkuf Nun Aleph. That's in the laws of, t- of the nine days. Later on, Tafkuf Nun Tes. Um, bam Bam. There's another halacha. He's talking about on Tisha B'Av itself. Um, where it says, the, the Shulchan Aruch says that on Tisha B'Av, I myself was able to do this eight years ago, Baal Bris, somebody who's making a bris, Levish Begodim Acherim is allowed to wear fresh clothes on Tisha B'Av for the bris. Achleidavon and Mamash shouldn't be, um, shouldn't be completely... Uh, Brand new, fresh. Okay. Then the Ramos says, "Vaviha ben, vahamoyl vahasandik, the father of the child and the moyl and the sandik, kulum nikram bali bris and mutalubish big the Shabbos. They're all part of the bali bris and are allowed to wear Shabbos clothes after finishing kinnis." So, <coughs> so the Shulchan Aruch says. Shulchan Aruch says that the Baal Bris, which seems to be t- meaning the father of the child. But the Ramah says that the Baal Bris includes also the Moel and the Sandik. So, what the Mogan Avram is looking at this whole story with the Shalot, says the Alter Rebbe, there's another whole point of the, of the whole argument missing. Even if we are to accept the final argument of Reb Shleim of Lublin, that you must have Fleshik by the Suda of the Bris, and therefore, w- it is valid to compare a Friday bris to a, ni- to a nine days bris. And just like in the nine days we only have a minion, on Friday we should also have a minion. But what does it say in the nine days? In the nine days it says that the Ramos says to only have a minion, but the Mogadav Ram over there said that the Bali bris don't count for the minion. Well, we'll see soon the Magna, what, what the Magna of Ram is saying. So therefore, the, the Rebbe of the Shalot, the teacher of the Shalot, was wrong according to the Magna of Ram for another reason. Not because his argument was wrong, but because he was the Sandik. If he was talking about somebody else, then it would have made sense. You know, just some random guy who comes to the bris, there's already a minion eating, then you shouldn't partake in the bris. Okay, now you're, you're making a valid argument. But you yourself with the Sandik is arguing the Magna of Ram. Excluding himself. You're the Sandik, you're the Baal Bris. You have no limitations. Is that enough of a reason not to tell the whole story? For the Mogan of Rome, it is. The Mogan of Rome is always very terse. The Mogan of Rome wants you to come away with the conclusion that the Sandik himself 
was allowed to eat at the bris. That's what he wants you to come away with. So instead of going into the whole long, elaborate reasoning, he just tells you half a story, and from the half a story, you're going to come, you're going to realize that the sanduk should have eaten at the bris. Not just a sanduk. So the sanduk, the moil, the yeah. The, well, forgive well, me. Oh, yeah, he yeah. could have been more terse and made that point. I think that I'm happy to be mafalfa, but I think that that might be we might be getting a bit too far afield for right now. Afterwards, we could talk more. Okay. Okay, so in other words, when you read this from Morgan Avram and Hilchah Shabbos, you come away with the conclusion that a sandak should have eaten at the bris, and that's the conclusion that Morgan Avram wants you to come away with. So that's why he sort of leaves out a part. So that's in order to to make sure that that's the conclusion you're going to come away with. Now, but he makes he makes that point that it, the Morgan Avram says that. That the, the malabris and all that—that's like. Does he emphasize that? He does, because he says he says. He that's what I'm saying. Like. Yeah. Okay. So I should I should clarify. The the Morgan of Rome says he quotes like we said he quotes half the story and then he adds five words. Look in Simon Tovkuf In Tovkuf which are the laws of the nine days, we have a Morgan of Rome. And what does the Morgan of Rome say over there? The Ramos said that it should only be a minion. And the Morgan of Rome over there broadens it to include the rest of the Bali bris. Let's read that Morgan of Rome. He starts off by saying that um, that the Ramos says that Yeshlo uh, Tzamtzum should limit who eats meat in the nine days by a bris. So the Morgan of Rome starts off by saying, only people who could eat meat at the bris, only people who are going to the bris because they're related or they're friends. In other words, they're going to the bris because they're going to the bris. Those who are going to the bris, not because they really care about it, they're looking for an excuse to drink, to drink wine and eat meat, so they're going to the bris. That's not allowed. Then he says, the Levush says to take only a minion. The Yesh, however, there are some people who are more lenient than that, and they take Yud Milvat Hakrev Pashayacham the Balasuda, except the, uh, in addition to the relatives who are related to the Suda. And not just the male relatives, but also the female relatives are allowed to have, um, have meat and wine in those places where it's customary that women are invited to the Suda. So the, the Mogan of Ram here quotes half the story, and then he references here where he says clearly that the Bali Bris, those who are Shayachim la Suda, don't count to the minion. So now you put two and two together and you understand what the Mogan of Ram is saying. That's very typical of the Morgan of Rome. Morgan of Rome is written very terse, and it's very, it's, yeah. you often have to work to decipher a little bit what he's trying to say. Now, so Michael is asking, what sort of sense does this make? Well, what's this idea of 10 plus the minion? And, and by the same token, you might ask, what about the women? The women don't count for a minion, so why should they be allowed to eat meat? Um, but Weistois, the idea is that... Um, So two things. So two things. Now, elsewhere, I just want to add before I say that. Elsewhere, but, but then he says also by a siyum, yeah, by a only those who are coming, 
because they want to be part of the Siyam, not because they want to, ha- looking for an excuse for meat. And that, I think, is the, the big uh, <laughs> we have many people you have in these places. Somebody comes, okay, we make a Siyam, and now everybody uh, has steaks. No, you can't do that. If the guy is making a Siyam, and he would be making a Siyam in January, and you would also go to his Siyam and have steak, then you could do that in the nine days, too. But just because you want to eat ste- steaks, so you have, that's the joke, that uh, I make a Siyam in the laundry room, and now my wife can do laundry in the nine days, right? In other words, <laughs> it's a joke, but it's a true point. In other words, the idea isn't like, oh, we can't eat meat, so let's just plug in a seum and now we could all eat meat. If you if you are actually celebrating the seum, then it's appropriate for you to eat meat. Okay. Um, the else somewhere here, I, I'm not going to spend time finding it right now, but somewhere here, the Morgan of Rome. Oh, here, right here, in the next line. Relatives means psuleidus, people who are close enough of a relative. One minute, close enough of relatives to. <coughs> To be um, to be disqualified for testimony, so siblings, nephews, and nieces, the minute uh, f- yeah, first cousins also would be quali- would disqualified. Make in second cousins probably would not count. So I mean, the minute is not too, but so that would not count. So basically, according to the Morgan Avram, yeah, make a brist in the nine days who can participate. And 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 the, there's a discussion if this means in Dafka in the ni- in the whole nine days or only in the Shavuot Shachalbei. But the the Magen Avram seems to be saying in the entire nine days who can participate. The relatives who are psule edos, meaning siblings, nephews, and nieces and first cousins, plus and of course the Mayel Sandik and the and the ben, plus and that those relatives include men and women. Women first cousins can also come, and a minion. Now, Michael is asking, what, what, what's Pshat to the minion? <laughs> you already have a minion. You have 10, 25 first cousins. So, L'Choyri, you have to say, and we're going to get to this at the end, that this is one of the differences between a minhag and a halacha. And Ramosha Feinstein uses this all the time. There's actually a book in the library published by Feldheim called The Making of a Minhag. And I haven't looked too much at it, but I believe over there he goes through some of these ideas. Like we said before, the difference between a minhag and a halacha is not in how binding it is. A, 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 a minhag is 100% binding and obligatory for everybody to keep. The difference between a halacha and a minhag is the, 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 the not the tool. Well, halacha has an onesh, if you know, if you attached to it. A minhag doesn't. Right? Okay, yes, that, that's after Does the that fact. Does yeah. that mean anything? Violating they, a minhag, it's not like us, it's not us or... I mean, also, um, yeah, but derisa. No, I, yeah, but of course, no, of course, I mean, it's not the There's things But here, I'm not talking about how how badly we're going to punish you. I'm talking about what's going to punish. But who's going to punish? No, there's no punishment. Who's going to punish you for not irrelevant. following a minhag? He's saying that's not the. That's not the, that's not the what's relevant. Should that's you, not the what should, you what be should doing? a Jew be doing? A Jew should do all minhagim that are part of his community's minhagim. The difference between halacha and a minhag is halacha has what what makes halacha binding. What, what makes halacha binding, you know, we just had in last week's parsha. Well, last week's parsha, parsha smata, starts with the idea of vows. And really, a vow, that's what, what why is a minhag binding? Why is it, why is it, um, why is it forbidden for, I believe, everybody around this table to eat kidneys on Pesach, right? Because our ancestors, no, not you, our ancestors took it upon themselves, kind of like a nader. We made a vow 
that we're not going to eat kidneys on Pesach. And they said that this vow is not just for us, but it's for our children and for our descendants. So Mamela becomes binding. Now, you could ask a question, what gives them the right to make a vow that is, that, 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 you know, who gives, them, who gives my grandfather a, vow, a right to make a vow, a vow on my behalf? That's an excellent question. We're not going to have time to discuss it right now. That is, that is how, the mechanism. That's the word I'm looking for. That's the mechanism of a minhag. The mechanism of halacha is, it could be a biblical law, it could be a rabbinic law, but the mechanism is, the, rab, the Torah instituted such and such, the Sanhedrin, which have a legal, a, legis- a legislative capacity, legislated such and such, that becomes legislated law. And law has, um, has, um, has how do you call it, tools, has, has rules to work by, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, a minion is a minion, right? Once you have ten, you have ten. Minhag, what creates, what makes the minhag binding is the fact that it's the minhag. It's not, so the, the minhag is the minhag. I, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't matter, that's the minhag, it doesn't have to make sense. So the minhag is, the minhag, the minhag developed, as the Levush, as the Magna Ram writes over here in the name of the Levush, the way the minhag developed was that you have a minion partaking in the meat in addition to the immediate family. Says Michael, it doesn't make sense. Fine, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It's not a halacha, it's a minhag. If it would be halacha, then you would say, no, this is a, this is a mistake, and we should only allow a minion and kick out all the other, uh, kick out the people beyond the minion. But because this is a minhag, what, create, what makes the minhag relevant is the fact that it's the minhag. So what determines what the minhag is? What the minhag, what the minhag is, was. right? Ramosh Fanchin has dozens of chuvas where he, where he, where he, where he, yeah. I'll give you just an example that comes to mind. Um, serving, he has a tshuva about serving uh, serving wine that's not mavushal to somebody who's not Shomer Shabbos. Now we know wine that's not mavushal if somebody who's uh, touches it, right? It, it, so a guy touches the wine that's not mavushal, you're not allowed to, it's, it's, you're not allowed to drink it. Not allowed to drink it. That's the guy. Now the same is true, somebody who's not Shomer Shabbos, so they're not allowed to drink their wine. So in, essentially, if I have a guest at my table who's not Shomer Shabbos and I give him wine that's not Mavushal, I'm serving him not kosher food. Because as soon as it's in his cup and he picks it up, it becomes not kosher. Mishum chasnes, right? So he doesn't say he shouldn't marry himself. <laughs> <laughs> Again, <laughs> somebody... Why, why is it not... Why, I thought it's kachel chathila. Why? Because it wasn't used for... It was... It wasn't used for Avodah Zarah? Avodah Zarah. No, no. There's Yain and the Stam Yainam. Yain Nesach means wine that a, an idolater used for libation to his pagan idols. Then that's the Deiraisadin. The Deirabonandin is that any wine touched by a guy is, is Stam Yainam. You're not allowed to drink. You're allowed to, you're allowed to sell it. You're allowed to have benefit from it. You're not allowed to drink it. Okay. Now, but you can pour it for them, then they can drink their own wine if they call it goy. A goy, I don't mind if a goy drinks it, yeah? yeah. But, but here, I, but here I have a stuck, sticky situation. I have a yid who's not, who has to eat, uh, a, ju- a, but a Jew, Jew who's not Shomer Shabbos has both problems. Yeah, a Jew who, who, who's, who's completely flippant of Shabbos. Again, we're not going into, we might have a terim to Nekshanish, but... Okay. You know, uh-huh. take uh, a Jew who meets the criteria of Mechal Shabbos Befarhesia with all the, according to all opinions. Uh-huh. So on the one hand, he's, I'm not allowed to serve him non-kosher food. Right? So but him, his wine... Him handling it makes it not kosher for himself. Right? <laughs> so they can't drink wine at your so table? So somebody asked... That's the question. Well, they that, can't drink, they can't, they, pour them, they can't even touch the bottle? Right. Touching so the bottle makes the wine not kosher inside? Yeah. That's why you have Mavushal wine. That's a, 
That's why you that's have, why have wine that's mavushal. Wait, This is only the wine that's not mavushal. If it's mavushal, there's no problem. That's the whole reason why we have wine that's mavushal. Because you, like this... Solves a lot of dilemmas. Okay, so let's go back to the mavushal part. The mavushal part is... He is the one gets what the process of it. The Mavushal technically means to cook. We, we we we're lenient to rely on the fact that pasteurization counts as cooking. Okay, the wine is cooked and that and that releases its its ability that, be, because, to, to because absorb. Cooked, because cooked wine, no, because cooked wine, because the whole basis is made to the reason why we're so strict is because we really want to stay as far as possible from paganism. So we go really really far. Once the wine is cooked. It would never be used as a libation on a pagan altar anyway. So Mela, the whole thing falls out the window. Okay. All right. So somebody asked Moshe about serving. Did you ask pagans about that? Did they <laughs> confirm that that a pagan? Would that they would never <laughs> pour mavushal wine to their libation. <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what do you think? By, they what are, are you saying? Well, uh, no, wait a minute. Oh, we're following. This is how you. This is how you treat your idol. Basing this on a, on a, on a, on a pagan minhag that they don't eat, that they don't use cooked wine. Because because the whole the question thing, is that the what the pagans will do about this thing This thing about wine. This thing about wine that's handled right is is attached to that biblical prohibition. And the biblical prohibition is only a certain kind of wine. Why? Because that, that that's the wine that was used typically for obviously this is for idolatry, which they don't use wine that's idolatry. So then to okay, make that I attachment, oh. so it's we've we've altered the wine in a way that they've never used it, so it's not considered ever to be. Um, it has to start at that starting qualified point. Qualified for right, Mister Pestier or like whatever his name was Pestier. lived. He lived way past the time that these laws were legislated. So now you could ask the question: Well, would pastor, if pa- had pasteurization existed in those days, would the pagans have used pasteur- pasteurized wine for on the in the altars? Thank God we don't well, need to know. Today. <laughs> no, but the point. No, but I think yeah. le- pa- pasteurized wine is considered less chashev. Could be. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Anyway, we're getting a bit too sidetracked, and I'm just yeah. trying to mention, make a point. So somebody asks Ramosha, "Are you allowed to serve?" Somebody who's not Shema Shabbos, wine that's not Mavushal. That's essentially the question. And what Ramosha does in that Shuva is, and again, you could argue with it, but he basically he wants to argue that the idea of treating a Jew who's Machal Shabbos as a Goy vis a vis Ayn Nesach is a Minhag. And then he says, so the Minhag is defined by the Minhag. The Minhag is that I shouldn't drink wine that he touched. There's no Minhag not to serve him wine. I, the two are mutually exclusive. If you use halachic ter- um, rules, then two plus two equals four. If I can't drink it myself, I can't serve it to him. It doesn't matter. That's if it would be halacha. Because it's only a minag, the minag is defined by itself, and that's it. Okay, again, it, this was a complete... I just mentioned this, by the way, as an example. I, th- th- we don't need to get sidetracked with all the laws of Yai Nesach. The, my point was that, that Michael, your point, your, your point is 100% true. Now, logically, there doesn't seem to be any sense in saying a minhag and saying um, that you could have a minion plus the relatives. The relatives could be 30 people plus the minion. Well, you already have 30 people. Why do you need that? Right, you're right. If it would be a halacha, then th- that would be a 100% logical argument, and this would be a problematic, pr- problematic din. But because the minhag of not eating meat in the nine days is a minhag, so, and, and, and therefore the allowances to the minhag are, de- are defined by the minhag itself. And the minhag itself is a minion plus relatives, so that's what it is. Maybe there's another explanation. That's the only thing I could think of right now. But is it, is it, there's the question of halacha, and then there's the question, assuming that the ones who originated this minhag had a reason for 
for, for why they implemented it the way they did is just an interesting, maybe academic question, but it doesn't change what the halacha is. Right, so the halacha is very clear. What do you do? Halacha, halacha, you do what the minhag is. The minhag is that even the, that including, to the, besides the ten, that you could, that, that, not including, besides the ten, you have the, the, the people that are the, uh, the, the, the ones who are celebrating the simcha itself. Um, <clears throat> but still, it's interesting, academically, well, why did they do that? I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's always a good question. Or the same thing with the Stamienum question with a, 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 a non-religious person. Yes. Why did it not apply in that case? So there might, there might be that there's a, a, a logic why the Minhag, from the beginning, the people that originated the Minhag didn't... Uh, it could be, but because, yeah, so you could say... I mean, it is kind of ridiculous to say that a person handling their own wine, right, but that when you have a, 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 a thing, because a, Mishum Chasnas... It would be ridiculous to say that by giving him wine that you yeah. call it, it's yeah. lifne iver. Or, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. So I'm saying. By the way, it another, is logical. Another, another time where some poskim adopt this whole approach is for, actually for kidneys, because what's the criteria of kidneys? What makes something kidneys? So if you say there's different opinions, is it this criteria? So for example, now there's a big shaila these days: is quinoa considered kidneys? So some poskim say, yeah, I mean the matcha is exactly the same criteria as rice. Okay, fine. There's different approaches. One approach is no. Kidneys is defined by kidneys. Anything that w- didn't wasn't around, anything that was not in the original minhag, because my ancestors yeah, 500 years ago didn't have quinoa, so quinoa is not kidneys. I quinoa might be easier confused with wheat than rice. It doesn't matter. They refrained from rice. They didn't refrain from quinoa. Right. Right. That that there is such an approach. It sounds right to me. Okay. Now listen. <laughs> to wait, wait, wait. Were, pe- yeah. were peanuts? Uh, peanut. We can eat peanuts, right? That's uh, some. That's also machlekes. What? Yeah. So pe- were peanuts uh, in Europe in in, the, in, in all those de- uh, hundreds of years? No, peanuts are peanuts are an, are, are an American product that were raised that were created okay. here. I'll make you commi- here, Michael. I'll make that you were that were developed here. I'll make you a commitment. Belina, there. If you remind me closer to Pesach, I'll do a class in kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna. I mean, fun. the whole yeah. kidneys oil. There's a lot of there's a lot of you don't lot want of, me there with kidneys. <laughs> I'll have to do it when you're out of time. <laughs> you're not here. Michael is here. I don't know if you're going <laughs> to orchestrate this. Maybe I'll go and give the class in Florida. Make it, make it a few weeks before Pesach. <laughs> so, okay. Okay, now. Now, now here's like Okay, you're going down to Surfside? I got a lot of opinions about this. <laughs> All right. Now, here I myself. What does Alter Rebbe say over here? So that's it. That, so far, the Alter Rebbe has explained his psak based on the Morgan of Rome, that you could have a minion plus the relatives, Based on the Mogan Avram half quoting the Shalah, right? Okay, we've explained all of that. Now, let's read the Alter Rebbe again. The Toiv, it is good. That only a minion should eat in this Suda. We're talking about Friday. Toiv, what do you mean it's good? Hold on a second. Where, where is it more important to abstain? From a feast on Friday or from meat in the nine days? Feast on Friday. Eight and nine days. You say meat on the nine days is more important to abstain. What do you say? Feast on Friday. Why? That's halacha. That's uh, oh, a minhag. That's what Shalos says. Meat in the nine days is merely a minhag. Yeah. That is Shalos Kaluchema. Meat in the nine days is merely a minhag. Abstaining from a feast on Friday is a halacha. If you're abstaining from, if you have to abstain from meat on on, on Friday, right? I think on on the nine days. So that's that's a minhag and kaluchema to Friday. So something seems wrong over here. In the laws of the nine days <laughs> is. Forbidden to eat meat unless you're part of the minion and the relatives of the uh, here the Alter doesn't say forbidden, it says toif. Toif, it's good <laughs> not to eat meat. <laughs> What's going on over here? 
So if you learn, if you just read this Alter Rebbe, and um, you know the whole sukkah, so then you're gonna be confused. The Alter Rebbe tells us, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, I'll give you the behind the scenes um, script over here. Even though if you read the Shalom, you'll see that it's more lenient in the nine days. Says the Kalvachim of the Shalom is a Kalvachim Pricha. The argument, this a fortiori argument that the Shalom presented is Pricha. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a false argument. The, the, whole, the whole premise is wrong. Why? Given the Medina Shari Besudas Mitzvah Hacham, because the halacha is that on Friday it's permissible to eat a feast of a Sudas Mitzvah. Again, I'm going to a bris on Friday. And there's already 50 people eating. It's a Sudas mitzvah. mitzvah. If it wasn't Friday, if it was Tuesday, it would be a mitzvah for me to participate in this meal. So now I'm going to go to this feast and I'm going to make a kavachim. You know what? I, I have an opportunity now to, eat a mitzvah, to do a mitzvah and participate in this meal. I'm going to abstain from this mitzvah. Why? Because there's a minhag not to eat meat in the nine days and over there we find that you should only have a minion. I'm sorry. That doesn't work. Again, this is not halacha, this is a minhag. If it would be a halacha that you're not allowed to eat meat in the nine days, and then we would say, by a bris, only a minion or no more, then you could do two plus two is four, and apply the same argument to Friday. But because the nine days is a minhag, minhag is defined by minhag, so you can't use that logic to then abstain from participating in a mitzvah meal on a Friday. Interesting. Wait, wait. The, You're the, taking mitzvah, that same the mitzvah is the is the bris. Well, it's the, a mitzvah. Uh, it's not a mitzvah. And well, it's not the same. Mit- of course, it's, it's it, not. It's, it's not. This is, it, it, it's a it's a mitzvah to participate in a sort of mitzvah. It's in other words, celebrating the mitzvah. It's, ce- it's, it's what's the mitzvah? What's the what's the so participating in a meal? That's celebrating a mitzvah is a mitzvah. It's a mitzvah to attend a bris, it's a mitzvah to attend a pidin aben, it's a mitzvah to attend a wedding, a shavu brachas, a siyam, all of these things are mitzvah. It's not the it's same, same, it's, it's not the it's same not level of, uh, no, yes, of course not. It's not a biblical mitzvah, it's not an obligation, you don't have to go around town participating in every bris. But it is a mitzvah, it is a, a good thing, it's a good deed, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good deed to uh, do. No, I, I understand, but it's not a mitzvah that's obligatory. It's a mitzvah that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's optional, it's an optional yeah, mitzvah. Yeah, okay. mitzvah. Right, so... But the, the point is that you can't, I have an option, call it an optional mitzvah. I have an optional mitzvah to participate in this, in this bris. Don't tell me not to participate in this bris because there's a minhag in the nine days. The nine days thing is a minhag. You cannot extrapolate from a minhag onto, a, onto another case. The minhag, even though, again, if it would be halacha, so then halacha has, works with two plus two is four. Mm-hmm. Right? This is a minhag. Minhag. Doesn't, doesn't all have to make sense. The minhag applies there. It doesn't apply here. That's so, it. Mi- One second. Let me just finish this line. Stronger than a mitzvah, and a mitzvah is stronger than a minhag. Because since this minhag has not, in fact, as we observe, been adopted to Friday, as the Ramah says here in Hilchah Shabbos that the minhag is to participate in a bris on Friday without making any limitations to only a minion. We do not have a chiyuv. We are not obligated to copy and paste the binhag from there and apply it over here. 
שאין לנו חייב מאלה שלא לבטל מנהג אביסנו משום שאין לנו מבטל את השוטר סמכה. Our obligation to מנהג, our responsibility to מנהג, is only not to neglect מנהגים that our ancestors have already adopted. As the Pasuk says, אל תתא שטר סמכה, do not abandon the Torah of your mother. That's your responsibility to minhag. Don't neglect a minhag which your ancestors adopted. There's no to start a new minhag in Shumchiv Bedava. There's never an obligation, you must start a new minhag. Even though it may be a good thing to do. And therefore, like you say, that's why the Alter Rebbe says here, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that to participate in this meal because it's only an optional mitzvah. You have the minhag from the nine days, so it would be good to do the same minhag on Friday. But I'm not going to tell you that therefore you have to do the same thing on Friday because it's a good thing to do. It's not, you can, you can, there's no, it's a good thing to do because it's a good thing to apply that minhag here as well, maybe. But it's, n- it's not an obligation because our obligation to minhag is only to, to, to uphold the existing minhag. There's never an obligation to begin a new minhag. And then he finishes off, Think about the original story. What's our original story? There's a bris on Friday. Rabbi Shleim of Lublin, a big rabbi with many, many Talmidim. He's the sandik. He comes to the bris. He sees there's already 20 people eating. He says, okay, I'm not going to participate. I'm going home. Hello? You should make a bang on the table and say, hello, only 10 people are allowed to eat. The rest of you go home. He doesn't do that. Why doesn't he do that? He says, for, the, by, for this very reason, Rabbi Shloim of Lublin didn't tell anybody else to go home. He just, it was his personal chumrah. He wanted to do it. Hmm. And therefore, and therefore, there's certainly no reason to... To, to, to be more Machmer on Erev Shabbos than in the nine days, and just like the nine days we allow the, the minion plus relatives on Erev Shabbos, certainly you should, uh, there's no reason to be Machmer for the relatives, even if there's already a minion. But even beyond that, even the, 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 this is the Al-Tarebbe's insight into the whole story of the Shalah, that even Rabbi Shleim of Lublin never told anybody else that they have to go home. He himself had a personal Chumrah that he said, you know, I'm going to copy and paste the Minak from there to here, but there's absolutely no reason for me to impose this upon anybody else. Outcome. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs>